Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. We are coming to you from Studio T, which is a tennis court near some chirping birds and I think some unexpected construction. So whatever you hear, folks, it's for real. It's coming from outside, and we are so glad to be here. It is spring in Boston. Today's morning story is about a friend of mine named Joel Meyerowitz. Joel is a born photographer, but he told me that it was his dad, who was a simple salesman, who taught him how to see. When Joel was a kid, he and his dad would go walking, and his dad would stop and say, Hey, Joel, look at that cloud up there. Doesn't it look like a hat settling on top of that building? Or, hey, Joel, from this angle, this this, uh, fire hydrant, it looks like it's sprouting that oak tree that's three blocks away. Well, Joel grew up to be the kind of photographer who could take pictures of things that other people didn't notice. But of all the things I think that Joel has seen, there's nothing he really saw better than his own dad, the year that his dad died. A while ago, along with Joel's own son, Sasha, Joel picked up his dad in Florida, and the three of them drove to the Bronx so that they could spend some time together before his dad's memory faded completely away. Joel made a wonderful film about that trip, and I asked Joel if he'd help me turn the story of that trip into a story that we could send to you. So it's today's morning story. We call it, We See You, Dad. Living in assisted living in Florida with Alzheimer's, he was in a shrunken universe. And I thought, the road offers the unexpected and the unknown. There's an adventure inherent in the road. But I also saw it as this little capsule that my son and my father and myself could be in, in which we could have that intimate time to talk about things, the way people do in cars, to um, see America as we went north and see ourselves inhabiting it at this time. Grandpa. Yes, sir. You ever been to Disney World? Yeah, I heard of it. Would you like to go? Well, I'll tell you. Yes or no? It's in America, miles away from tourist traps, roadside retailers, and packaged experiences. There are no brand names here, no billboards, no churches, no chain stores, just anonymous motels, empty fields, and stands of naked tent poles after the flea market's gone. My father was a salesman who did not sell. He didn't go into a store trying to sell you a product. He went in, he spent a few minutes, he had a few laughs, things were good, he left. I once asked him when I was a kid, Pop, Pop, you forgot to take the guy's order. And he looked down at me and he said, they know why I'm here. I don't have to ask them for anything. I'll go and we have a good time. And just as he said that, this guy comes running out and says, hey, hi, I'm me. You forgot something. <laughs> I think I had the order. My father gave me that wink, that knowing wink from father to son. Like, didn't I tell you? Whatever else you may have lost, High still has the human touch. In this land of the lost and the forgotten, at pit stops, soup kitchens, and shelters for the mentally ill, High is as fearless as a frontiersman, armed with a handshake and a sense of humor. He talks with people. He poses for pictures. Hurry up, I'm running out of time. The connections he makes here are pretty soulful. Can I have a hug before you leave? Sure. 
the kind people tend to have when there's nothing to sell and nothing left to lose. Take care, take care. A lot of people here, sir, they haven't seen their families. Their families yeah. don't take yeah. five minutes to come and visit them. We've had, we've had deaths here and things like that, and the families don't show up even for that. Yeah. So we're, we're their family. And, you know, we love them, yeah. and, you, and you have to work your mind yeah, and your yeah. heart together yeah, in order yeah. to take care of them. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when people feel that there is some love That's in the right. air, the whole, the whole thing is the love. The whole thing is the love. He wanted to go to art school, he wanted to go to medical school, he really had ambitions. And his brothers who took over when the parents were dead, they booted him out and said, you go get a job, you do this and that. And, and so I, I think he felt all the time that he didn't get all the opportunities that he would have liked to have, but he's going to make sure he can provide it for his kids. But in, the, in spite of all of that pressure, he never regretted anything. He always seemed to say, well, this is what the hand I was dealt, and life is good. But for High, Alzheimer's ultimately is a road to nowhere, and even his awareness of his own family, the one thing he probably worked hardest for in his life, is fading fast. You've got three sons. Yes. What are their names? Ricky. Joel. I, I don't. I don't remember the name anymore. Do you remember what it is I do? I don't know. Does it bother you that you can't remember your kids' names sometimes, and you can't remember what they do? Well, I tell you, yeah. I see them. Hello. Goodbye. For 20 years we lived there, Pa. That's 1171 Morrison Avenue. The end of the journey is the Meyerowitz family's old neighborhood in New York City, where High raised his children and was a man of consequence, the de facto mayor of the block. The toughest guy in the neighborhood. He can't remember it. The tenements of the first-generation American Jews like High have been replaced here, just as fleetingly, you feel, by the crumbling projects for Latinos and blacks. Do you still live in this country? Do I In a sense, the entire territory of this film from the towers of Manhattan to the 1,200 featureless flat miles they crossed, has been a foreign country. Foreign, too, in a quality we don't think of as particularly American these days, simple human decency. Toward the end of the film, High turns to Joel with a secret he never revealed, the meaning to him of Charlie Chaplin's Little Tramp, the ultimate nobody on the road to nowhere a character that High used to imitate to charm his children and his friends. He's, he, was, he was a giant in the height of a little midget. He was a little guy writing all the wrongs, helping others. Here's a beautiful deed for the day. That was what I loved. The goodness, the goodness. Did you feel connected to him that way? Always, always, always. 
when anybody would show a little bit something to me that I was accepted or allowed, and they would talk to me, they'd, they'd pat me on the top of the head or would put their hands around me. I'm home. I loved everybody. I loved everybody, but nobody saw me. Nobody remembered me. Nobody knew me. Nobody saw me. But I was there. Well, your boys saw you. We all saw you. It's an amazing self-image for a man to have after so much of his life has faded away. And an incredible picture for an old salesman like High to be selling at the end of his days. An image of an America great not for its winners, but its so-called losers. And of a people rich in the wisdom that it's not what you're left holding on to that matters, but whom you touched along the way. I loved when you were the strong man in the neighborhood. You can take a guy who is a doctor or a principal of a school or a businessman, and you can take you can take another guy who is just a, an ordinary worker, and you would treat them the same, and you would bring them all to the same level, and that would be the level of laughter. You saw me. You saw Papa. That's right. That was today's morning story from Joel Myrowitz. We see you, Dad. GM, Gary Mott, how are you, Gary? I'm fine, TK, how are you? Okay. Spending time in a car, mm -hmm. it's quality time. Maybe it also helps that you don't have direct eye contact. You can be more intimate when you know the person is listening, but you don't necessarily have to look at them. You can kind of look inside while you're looking out at the, at the road going by, you know? There's, yeah. there's magic in a car. My German aunt used to chastise me for not looking at her directly in the eye when I spoke. Oh, Lord. <laughs> because she tells me that, you know, try it sometime. Look at someone for five minutes and don't let your gaze waver. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough for us Americans. We got some uh, some neat email. Gary, who wrote over there? Uh, let's see. We heard from uh, Patricia from Washington State. Mm -hmm. It all started about two months ago when I was going to travel to Italy to visit my daughter and wanted to fill up my iPod with something other than music. I will never forget hearing that first story. I loved it. I laughed. I cried. It felt great. I asked my daughter to listen to some of the podcasts. There we were, riding on a train from Sorrento to Rome, with our heads pressed together, each sharing an earpiece listening to the story about kids surviving high school. Oh, there's the Mark Rashow story, making it out alive. Making it yeah. out alive. I love it, listening head to head to that one. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> you want company for that story. Being a teacher at an alternative high school, I was immediately pulled into the scenes. When I got back home, I had a brainstorm. I am always trying to think of ways to get my students to not give up and to feel pride in themselves for overcoming struggles. Mm. I decided to have them imagine themselves on their graduation day as they stand in front of their family, friends, the school board, and the community, I wanted to give them a chance to explain who the person in the cap and gown really was. Some of the stories were about blaming others for their problems, but others were outpourings of pain, loss, challenge, growth, success, and healing. One very large, strong, not-in-fashion construction worker-type kid who does not like to write shared his story about moving to our little town one week after losing his father and having to deal with both looking different 
and being the new kid who just lost his dad. I didn't even think this kid could write. Who would have thought so much would happen as a result of listening to a podcast? Mm. Please don't stop producing them. Thanks again for your hard work. That's from Patty in Chalen, Washington. Patty, thanks a lot. Here comes your, your morning story, and, and you're in it this time with, with that wonderful story. I love the way one thing leads to another, the value of a story. We have uh, one short email here, also from uh, Phil in Lynchburg, Virginia, who says, Hey, with so many stories immediately available, new subscribers can certainly have a binge, because I've been listening to morning stories for just two days. And then he adds, Can I say Ipswich? Hey, you can say it. Phil, not only can you say Ipswich, I feel the need to say Ipswich. You know, a leader in file transfer software. Our sponsor for this podcast pretty much since we began. We love them. And you can find out all about them if you want to go to their website at Ipswich.com. That's I-P-S-W-I-T-C-H. And our website, WGBH.org slash Morning Stories. And send us your stories at Morning Stories at WGBH.org. And we'll be back next Friday. See you then.